0: Snapchat, the ever-mentioned, really popular, it all disappears, instant messaging in some ways when it actually did updates, and really, really popular with young people, but there apparently is Demise social network. Well, it looks like it's not really happening that way, and a lot of analysts and, well, investors have been wrong and are going to continue to be wrong because that's what they do in general they're they're just wrong anyways uh it's just interesting to see how new research is coming out that snapchat's not doing as bad as we thought and maybe we should stop with the rallying cry that oh no because it just went public it's going to do badly and there's no way of getting out of this mess because it's it's going to do badly because i say so because that's my feelings because facts are hard because marketing is absence of facts. Anyways, it's just a weird, interesting thing uh, to look at. And so just ponder that. Well, you know, get started the show. So let's go. Hmm, that's good. All right, welcome to Digital Coffee, the marketing version of it. We're going to talk about. Facebook and they're retiring of some ads and Instagram which is still owned by Facebook as well and uh, LinkedIn as well because video and other stuff including podcasting including a kind of a opinion that I heard about that I want to share with everybody on asking the simple questions before you get to the strategy type of thing. But anyways I'm your host Brett Deister so let's get on with what's going on within the marketing slash social media world because that's really what's important so first of all Facebook gives advertisers more ways to buy in-stream ads or video ads I should say yes uh, Facebook as we all know really likes video now it's the darling right now it'll eventually be moving on to AR and VR and if you don't know that well you should you should know this but yes they're they're really really pushing into this now and it's not a bad thing because Facebook did recently launch kind of more of their own Netflix version or Hulu version uh, to boost video plays as well. So they're gonna be doing a more original content as for that. And this is just, this is probably perking up every marketer's ears going, mm, mm. more advertising opportunities as well. But the problem is, is that now we have to make sure that video, ad, video ads in general, are top notch. And this is the, always the hardest part, especially when you are a very small company, it's gonna be really difficult to do top notch uh, with everything you're working on at the same time. So I say, keep on looking on it if you're still small and you're still trying to get that strategy in line and trying to like you know work with it really, really well, just monitor it. If you're kind of medium to bigger businesses, I would have a look into testing it out and seeing if it works or not. But yes, it is coming. More video ads are coming. This isn't a big surprise because Facebook is primarily all about pushing ads right now. Uh, it, they, they can keep on saying they're a place for people to connect, but let's be honest with you, people don't really connect as much as they used to on Facebook. Really, it, it that's, that's that's the truth. Uh, ads are just getting more expensive now. It's just one of those weird things where, yeah, it's... It, It's hard as a marketer by yourself to push that line and make sure your CTRs and KPIs and all this stuff are in line so you know what you're doing. But at least leave this open for eventual strategies down the line because strategies are always supposed to morph. They're always supposed to change. This isn't no strategy is left untouched, undone for years. Usually it's a yearly thing, sometimes a monthly thing, but be aware of that. Now moving on to Instagram and more of their live videos. So they're looking to do more co-broadcast type of content. That's right, it's not gonna just be you live streaming but you and your friend. So there's only really two. Uh, Could they do more like you and three other people? Maybe, they could do maybe something more interesting like that where you actually have more of a robust Conversation through live streaming because it's hard if you're the only person doing live streaming to figure it out. I always tell clients if you're going to do live streaming, be sure you practice it before going live. You know exactly what you're going to say. Write out a script, memorize it, write out bullet points, memorize your bullet points and make sure that content's flowing. Uh, it's going to be difficult because usually live streams work better for longer. It's longer. So, Don't think about 10, 20 minutes. Think about hour, two hours. Because the more you're doing it, the more people can see it, the more people can see it, you're on it. Which, yeah, hour, two hours is a very long time to talk about. I know, trust me, 45 minutes can be sometimes long talking a podcast by yourself, but it does work, especially when you understand and you get better at it. So I think this is a good idea for Instagram to actually do kind of a co-broadcasting scheme. that, That means... For example, podcast, you can now have your co- you and your co-host talking about things for your podcast and having live streaming Instagram podcast at the same time. Now, what I would like to see less of Facebook doing their own stuff is that they just kind of branch it or link it together. So you have live streaming, just link these two together where you can just when you hit the live stream on Instagram, it goes to your Facebook as well. When you do a story, same thing. They haven't done that yet for some odd reason. I just really don't understand why they're not doing that. They just wanna make it separate because uh, that, because pretending that you guys are separate companies, you guys are the same company. Just deal with it, live with it, and make it better that way. Uh, I just really don't understand why it always has to be separate. It's like you're making everybody like do five different things because you want separate content. It still doesn't make much sense to me. I still think they should find a way of actually allowing you to link, share, that type of thing. So cross-content-wise, and I don't usually recommend cross-content-wise of like posting on Instagram, post on Twitter because it doesn't really work. Uh, But I think those those two instances could actually work really well. But they have to actually embrace that. I don't think they're going to embrace that yet. They couldn't eventually later on. All right, moving on to fake videos and fake news and all the fake, fake, fakeness. So Facebook is gonna penalize this type of stuff. Now, what they're saying is that it's basically posts that look like videos. They have a fake video play button, but it actually goes to a link. And they're going to be penalizing those because they're static images and not videos. I completely understand this because this is actually extremely misleading. Uh, I hope they do a good job of keeping their Ways of monitoring the fakeness of fake things Consistent and balanced That means having clear policy guidelines I mean clear if you're going to say hate speech You write out what is hate speech If you're going to say controversial You write out what's controversial And not leave it up to interpretations of what is hate speech And what is controversial You may be a private company But it doesn't give you the right or the reason, or the rhyme to actually say vague terms, I'm talking to you, Google and YouTube, about what is hate speech. You have to be specific. You can't just say hate speech. People go, oh, I completely understand what you mean, because everybody always agrees with everything everybody says. All the time. I've never met anybody like that, to be honest with you. And if you have, let me know. I'd love to meet you. And talk with you because so you can agree with me it's always it's always nice uh but i don't i don't see i don't i, I just have concerns about how they're going to monitor this i have concerns if they're going to be consistent with it and be as unbiased as possible and not target one specific uh thoughts political ideologies etc etc because that can get dangerous and a lot of these social media companies have been running that fine line of being very dogmatic in what they decide to block or not and not really giving good good enough reason and going against their privacy policies in place that tell them what they can and cannot do. And this is actually a good marketing lesson of if you're gonna write rules, follow your rules. If you're not gonna follow your rules, what are these rules in place for so you actually have something? There's no point to that now. It's just it, you should just be laissez faire about everything like oh whatever happens happens. Oh, they got hurt you all right we're just gonna block you. Why because I just don't like you. Oh well I guess we'm gonna move over here to this place. but marketers should actually be aware of this because I don't care what uh, political ideology you you stand on. It should be a fair balance, especially for businesses. We should not be in the business of politicizing things. We should be in the business of making money. That's it. That's all it's all about. It's not about what right idea is right idea, unless it benefits the business. And usually politicizing things is not beneficial for any business. It actually makes a certain group of people go, well, maybe I shouldn't use your business because you may someday ban me for whatever reason, because that's the flavor of the month, the week, the year, the decade. So as marketers, we need to understand this. Customers are not monolithic. You probably serve a broad base of, from the left to the right, and it's varying different degrees of uh, flavors as well. And you need to understand that and be apolitical about it. You can you can have your own ideologies, you can have your own politics in mind, but as marketers we need to stop. Think about it, go, okay, well, I mean I agree with what he says, but that doesn't mean I should not do business with him. Now I will put it I will put a kind of a cautionary thing. If it actually leads to violence or anything like that, then obviously yes, don't do business with him. But if it's just speech, who cares? People say a lot of dumb stuff all the time I do I'm well aware of that all right moving on to Facebook business so it looks like Facebook is going to be re- retiring some boosted post options because no one was doing it anyways so yay so there's some things that you could actually boost your post but it really what it didn't really matter so like life events notes anniversaries, and even relationship statuses you could boost a post for businesses. I really don't understand some of this stuff where it's like, oh what? Huh? You you could actually do that? That's uh, that, that's a little weird. Like really weird. But you can't do it anymore. So they're retiring it on September fifteenth, twenty seventeen. So if you really want to do something like that, you can waste your money on it because I that's you're you're wasting your money. It's just basically a waste of money. So don't do it. don't don't do it just don't just step back and don't do it it's just no point life events might be cool for like awards and stuff but just do your content it's a lot better people like it but yeah no more that i'm sorry you can't do it anymore no more we're we're all doomed because we can't do that anymore all right podcasting and marketing So you're listening to a podcast, and marketers have slowly been going, hmm, maybe I should figure out how to advertise in podcasts. There's a lot of flexible ways you can do it in podcasts. It's similar to radio shows where you can do live reads. You can do uh, pre-show ads. You can do mid-show ads, and you can do post-show ads as well. Uh, You can... I mean, it's it's kind of just an open format because you reach a lot more people this way because a lot of podcasts are free anyways. Some are paid. It's really depending on the. there's going to be that differences in it. Uh, but you reach more people this way. A lot of people actually follow each podcast, and they're so varied in hosts, hosts, co-hosts, that you can reach the right people if you know where you're looking at. Now, if you're kind of not really understanding what podcasts are, really knowing where the numbers are, my thing is every time a podcaster comes to the company, I go, okay, what's your downloads per month? What's your unique downloads? You need to understand that. usually ask these podcasters, if they can't give it to you, I would not work with them because if they don't even know their own numbers, it's kind of a bad sign they're not checking their own numbers or they may just not have very good numbers. So that's that's one thing, but I would find maybe the top 5 podcasters right now that is in your industry and either learn from them and start your own sh- your own podcast show for your business or use them as well conduct interviews with them. Be open to that because people like to hear from the business about what they're all about. I know it's just one person, usually make sure you have a quote-unquote expert or the head of the company doing it. If the head of the company is not really good at interviews, then find the next person down. Uh, and it can be difficult sometimes. I would not try to pay a spokesperson to actually do it. I would actually find someone in the company because people like authenticity the most. And so you should be embracing uh, podcasts. They're not gonna go away. This is gonna be the probably the new age of radio in general. It's started really picking up steam last year and it's not it's not going to go away. There's going to be millions of podcasts to be started up. It's really easy to start up. Uh, there's a lot of different apps that you can use for, as well. Uh, uh, Anchor Radio or Anchor.fm is another good one to do. Uh, that's been the most popular one and pretty successful right now, uh, but they're still pretty new. So always look into it, see what you can do with it. Anchor Radio is probably the best for startup costs because you can just use your phone to do it. It's pretty simple as well. They also don't sponsor this podcast. I just said it because I, I've used it, so I know. They don't sponsor it. I get no money from saying this. So for marketers, it might be a good look to look into. If you want to dip your toes into the podcast and see if you can do it, that would probably be the better way of doing it. Look at uh, Anchor Radio and also look at uh, – Advertising opportunities, because advertising opportunities are always there. Podcasters are always looking for it because they're always trying to start up. They're always trying to find ways of monetizing their own podcast. It can be difficult sometimes. So look at that as well. Uh, But don't be afraid to try, try different things. Just make sure that you have a clear goal in mind when you're coming to them or they have a clear goal themselves. So that's it. Moving on to, well, you know, social ad tech tools. So these are like AdExpresso. Sprinklr actually has one as well. There's a a few out there uh, that you can actually use. Uh, So Forrester kind of looked at all these and said they're they're kind of immature. They're not really built up yet. Uh, We're probably gonna see a lot of them consolidate into let's say like uh, Adobe Marketing Cloud or something like that in general, because that's usually what happens. But uh, Sprinklr, which is a popular one for a lot of big businesses to use, uh, is getting to the ad social ad tech sphere because they, they need to. Uh, it's not just okay just to do uh, monitoring and scheduling tools. You also have to have the ad tech side of it as well. Uh, so right now they're kind of immature, but I think they're going to get better and better once uh, once you can kind of figure out what they're going to... or once you can kind of figure out how they're going to actually monitor this and how they're going to help... You make the best ads. Uh, that's how I usually see it. Now pick the one that's gonna be right for you because not everyone is made the same. If there one's really difficult, you're just having a terrible time with it. I would say don't use it because it won't be fun for you to use. But yeah, that's that's what that's all about. All right, moving on to traffic and which one is. Beating each other, so it is in one ring the mobile, another ring it is desktop, and mobile is well fifty-seven percent now. Yes, it is over half the traffic right now. So, um, it's a good it's a good reason to to make sure that your website is mobile ready, mobile certified. Whatever you need to do, make sure that, that it's actually really good. Because if you're not doing that, you're missing a whole bunch of people. A lot because most people are checking on their tablet or mobile phone and not as much on their desktop. It's about forty-three percent on desktop. So look at that discrepancy and make sure that people can view your website on all different platforms without a without a problem. So make sure that your employees <laughs> they have if they have Android, make sure they're checking on their Android. And if they have iOS, same thing over there as well, because there's also different browsers and different browsers have their fun and sometimes headache-inducing way of messing up your website. Sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. But make sure that you're doing that because if it's about 57% of the traffic that's going to your site now is going to be on mobile, you're gonna have to look at more mobile-friendly ways of doing things and more and more or less put desktop on the wayside, but not saying that it can't be fully functional on the desktop to make sure it's really responsive because that's gonna be the best way of doing it. Responsive sites are always gonna be better. Eventually, I foresee it, it's gonna be more of um, AMP or accelerated mobile pages. It's gonna be taking over if it if it does a good job and most designers shift from there. They haven't really shifted too much yet, but I, I see when AMP actually starts to build up, it actually will. Um, but we'll see, we'll see about that. All right, LinkedIn's actually in the news because it made videos uploadable on their page. Yay, Now no more putting it on YouTube and linking it or putting the link onto LinkedIn. Now you can just upload it natively on your mobile and your desktop. Yes, if, some of you may have not be seeing it because sometimes it's a slow rollout, but now you can, po- you can just upload a video straight to LinkedIn. Yes, quite easy and it can be actually professional. So yay, finally. No more, hey, I should post this video on LinkedIn and be like, nope, that doesn't work, can't do it. You got posted on YouTube, and then it goes over here. Not anymore, definitely not anymore. So I've actually used it quite yet, but yes, I do have it. Uh, will it be coming to everybody, yes, eventually, but please understand, marketers, that this is another tool for you to actually use and be in the know that, yes, you can now do videos, LinkedIn. I've talked to a bunch of people, a lot of people just don't know about it, uh, which is kind of going, I want to know about it. It's an important thing to know, especially for LinkedIn, because if if you are more on the professional side of the B2B t- types of sales, video is a good platform on LinkedIn to broadcast who you are, broadcast your, kind of your expertise, all this other fun stuff that you want to showcase to people. I also have a clear pl- uh, plan in mind. Just don't just don't launch videos, just launch videos because you want to make sure that they're good and not bad. Moving on to Google introducing autoplaying video previews in the search results. That's right. There has been reports that Google was going to do autoplay with sound on when people were like no, no, and I was I fully support the no. I mean, it's great to kind of have previews in a more GIF, animated GIF format, and that's actually fine. But when you start to do video, like sound on the videos, people go, "What are what is what's?" I, that's what I do sometimes on like news sites. I'm like, "What is playing? I didn't tell you to play autoplay. Really, guys? Just allow me to choose. I get it. You want me to watch your video? I think it's one of my pet peeves. I get it as a marketer that you really want to do it. It's still one of my pet peeves. Just ah." But uh, yeah, you actually have to turn it on and it's also an opt out. So you can opt out of this if you don't want, want it, but it'll be in search results, it'll be a carousel as a lot of Google searches have become, especially with rich media. Uh, but yes, I do like that the video play ads is not gonna play with the sound and it's gonna be more like a kind of preview, little gift anime GIF type format as well. So as marketers, yes, video is gonna be important. It's gonna continue to be important. We always gotta strive to figure out how to do it. If you're the loan marketer, I feel for you. It can be difficult at times, but persevere. As I always tell myself, persevere, strive on. All right, Bing, now Bing Ads also introduced color-coded labels. That's right, so now you can color-code them to make sure that you know which coupon and which uh, kind of coupons it's going to be for brands or back to school or seasonal or experimental or whatever you want to do. You can now label them so you can kind of have a clear understanding which one it is. I think it's actually a cool idea if people actually use Bing more often than Google. It may start to be turning that way as well. But at least Bing has added labels to it and you can actually import the labels from AdWords to Bing as well. This will help you keep a little bit more focused on what you're actually doing for ads uh, and labels, so you aren't going. Wait, what, what? What was this? What was this one? I don't. I don't know what this one was because, yeah, it was a long time ago. So what's this one again? So it's good that you can do that because you need to do that. It's one of those things where it can be. Uh, it can be quite difficult if you're not. Uh, if you're not organized, you can be a lot. It's just one. One of my things. All right, we're gonna look through some stats. So different stats for video and businesses. So video is a really important thing. And this kind of stat has looked at over 500 businesses and nearly 250,000 videos and 600 million video streams. And what they found is that 86% of business related videos views take place on desktop browsers and only 14% on mobile. Now you may be asking why. And the reason is, is because, well, it takes up a lot of data for video also can kill your battery pretty quickly but the most popular viewing times is actually wednesday between 7am and 11am pacific standard time also about 18 in the is the average number of video uploads published by businesses each month it's quite a lot of content and 85% of businesses now have internal staff and resources to produce videos in house and the most pop or the most the industries that publish the most new videos is high tech and manufacturing and businesses have an average of 239 videos in their library. About 56% of all videos published in the last two years are less than two minutes long. Now, I usually say nowadays you can do a little bit longer as long as I always say, as long as it's good. I mean, I've sat down and watched a 45 minute video because it was good, it was informative to me, and I liked it. But yes, be sure that it's all that. If you can't do all that, then yeah, two minutes of videos is fine. But if you can do longer and it's actually good content, then Then do the 45 to 30 minute videos. Uh, But the most common videos is explainers, product demos, how to's, and testimonials. This is for businesses. Now top 5% of videos retain an average of 77% of viewers to the last second. The average video retains 37% of viewers all the way to the end of the video. Videos under 90 seconds see an average retention rate of 53%, but videos over 30 minutes retain only 10%. Now, obviously, this is more business related stuff. And if you see other ones that aren't business related, there can be a lot high numbers for that as well. Also, the average retention rate of personalized videos is 35% higher than non-personalized videos. 35% of businesses use intermediate or advanced analytics measure video performance. And that means that interaction, attention span, views by embedded location, drop off times, attribution to sales pipeline, or influence of revenue. Businesses producing 50 plus videos per year are two and a half times more likely to use advanced video analytics. Uh, companies using advanced analytics are far more likely to increase their video budget this year. So that was a lot of stats right there. I gave you a lot of numbers through it, but the reason I did that is because we have to understand how to figure out a way of doing videos. Uh, I mean, how to's are probably the easiest way of doing videos as well. Uh, make sure you actually have a host. If you have a really good employee that knows how to do it and can be really charismatic on the video, you kind of have it well there. If you need to hire somebody from Fiverr or whatever, that's another way, or actress, model, whatever. That's another way of doing it. Just make sure that they're engaging because if they're not engaging, you can. Huh, it's not a good thing. Now, I will say that, yes, 90-second 90 videos are more... Uh, there's a better retention rate, but this could be changing because a lot of, like, people's uh, viewing habits do change. I still think if you can actually figure out a way of doing it, and I always test it, obviously, uh, you can do longer video format, but be sure that it's actually good. So, yeah, this is going to be a lot of just rigorous um Quality control. If you actually can't do it well, then I would say scrap it or figure out a way of cutting it into a nice small format in general. All right, moving on to more stats because we just love stats, especially as marketers. And eMarketer kind of came out with this uh, stat about how Facebook is actually losing uh, younger demographics. So, kind of the tweens and the teens a lot of them are just forgoing Facebook in general they don't really want to do Facebook they don't really care to do Facebook it's just that and they're all they're just they're flocking more to Snapchat and Instagram and Snapchat's seeing the highest increase in a lot of the younger demographic which is another thing to look at because that's the higher uh that that's the that's the demographic you usually want because you, if you have them you retain them longer they'll use your site longer have a longer time do that not saying that older demographic isn't something you should hit as well it's just a lot of times for new things the younger demographic is the is the way of catapulting your brand usually not all the times but usually uh but that's something to look in to look into so like the 12 to 17 of kind of the percentage points for that for children is going to be be facebook 14.5 instagram is 4.2 and Snapchat's 15.8, and then 18.24 is 23.5 for Facebook, 22.1 for Instagram, and 24.4 for Snapchat. Uh, So Snapchat is actually gonna be hitting its stride. Now the funny part is is that I do monitor stocks from social media to anything, and the one kind of main thing I've been seeing for quite a while is that people have been trying to call the demise of Snapchat for months now because it has been doing well. We always have short-term memories about what investors were talking about when Facebook went public, and it usually was, oh, it's not going to do well, it's a fluke, and it's not. It's really not. And I did, I wasn't surprised that Snapchat's trying to trying to turn it around as fast as it can. It's doing a lot of good uh, partnerships with media platforms as well. So it's trying to turn around that ship to make sure that it's gathering and keeping all those uh, younger demographics there as long as it... It can, and it's 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 a slow transition. Sometimes it's never fast. Even though ventures always want it to be fast, marketing isn't really that at all. It really isn't. It's it's a slow rollout. Yes, you're you are promoting stuff. You are doing things, but a lot of times you actually won't see that until maybe it's depending on what your your initiative is. I would say three to a year, three months to maybe a couple of years. You actually won't won't see it. But a lot of businesses want to see, a lot of investors want to see always growth. It's always growth. And that's, as a business, usually you don't, you, you see a lot of great growth sometimes and sometimes you don't. And that's the reality of it sometimes. It, it's hard to understand. All right, now moving on to kind of like, I guess my encouragement. So I was recently at a gathering and was talking to somebody and he helped me with this. Uh, and kind of more asking the basic questions of why before the strategy. So a lot of times marketers, including myself, we go into strategy mode, and we go, oh, we should do this, this, and this, and this. But we don't actually look at where are people, where are we getting people for sales? Because most of the time marketing is all about increasing the brand awareness, obviously, but also increasing sales. So where are we, where are we gathering all these? Where are they coming from? Why are they buying it from us? Uh, and seeing like where those blip points are, so you can put marketing initiatives there, and so you're not spinning your wheels like crazy and going, "Why is nothing working? Why? Why am I? Why am I so stressed? And why am I make? Why am I doing all this stuff? And I'm seeing no good fruits. Nothing. Nothing to show. And then people get mad at you. You're frustrated yourself. You think you're doing as best job as you can, but you're not asking the basic questions of why. Or basically, uh, press releases: what, when, where, why, like, or how, as well. And so, understanding that, and maybe getting with uh, other teams, going, okay, let's look at the data. Let's see what we're, we're getting in this. And this is where you're actually selling it. So, if you don't have e-commerce yet, then look at Amazon or try to figure out where Amazon is. I've heard that you don't get the really great understanding of where you're getting it from. But you, we have you have to figure out understanding of where you're getting it all. This traffic from, where? where is it coming from? Is it coming from social media? Is it coming from direct traffic? Is it coming from advertisement through search or through social media or whatever? What categories of sites are coming? Dating sites, uh, hardcore gamers, uh, construction. Uh, I'm throwing things out of my head, but yeah, I mean, you kind of get it. Wherever your bin- industry is lying, where your business is going after that industry, you need to figure out why. Maybe follow up with uh, the potential customer that bought stuff and say, hey, where'd you where'd you find this? We were willing to test base and see if we can help you out in any way. Or maybe give you 10% coupon uh, to, you know, to say thank you for doing business with you. Thank you for the large order. Like retaining those customers should be your priority in general. And so finding that is probably the biggest thing. And then you can go on the strategy of social media marketing, email marketing, and go into the nitty gritty, but before that, you need to get the high level of why. Why are we getting this? Where are we getting this from? Figuring out that part will help you so much more. So that's that is my encouragement to you. Find out the find out the basic questions before you get into the strategy, because the strategy will always be there. The strategy is never leaving. But if you don't know the why, you can't get to the best strategy. You're just going to be guessing. It's going to be a guessing strategy. All the time don't do that trust me don't do it it's really terrible it's awful but that is the end of Digital Coffee the marketing side of it and thank you for tuning in and as always I'm your host Brett Deister please follow Digital Coffee on Facebook Instagram YouTube and Anchor Radio as well also subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes Google Play Music Stitcher and iHeartRadio. and leave a comment leave a review as always I always look forward to seeing these making this better for you also i have some great t-shirts and coffee mugs in my digital coffee podcast store so pick those up as well and tune in next week as i go through some gaming with digital coffee it's gonna be great all right guys have a good week and see you next week later